Good morning, good morning, everybody. How are you uh, doing? I hope everything's going well. Um, it's Memorial Day weekend, and so we want to take uh, just a second and remember those who serve, and especially those who served. Um, we want to honor all of our military people, uh, those of you who have uh, family, friends who are in the military right now, or who uh, those of you who have served in the past, we want to just thank you and uh, celebrate uh, your sacrifice uh, for us, your willingness to give of yourself. But especially on Memorial Day, we want to remember those who have given their lives in war, in like real-time battle. Um, we want to remember them and just uh, take a minute to say thank you to those families who have lost those loved ones. Did you know, it's interesting, in uh, keeping with Memorial Day, did you know in World War I, a little over 116,000 American lives were killed in World War I. In World War II, a little over 405 thousand American lives were killed uh, in that battle, World War II. But did you know what the, the most casualties in an American war uh, is, and it's probably no big surprise to this, but the Civil War took almost 500,000 lives. The Civil War fought right here in this country. The total is about 1.1 million estimated lives that were lost, American lives, in all the battles throughout our history here in America. 1.1 million lives given for our freedom, for this country, so that we can live in a free world, unlike many other countries out there that do not live in freedom but under uh, dictatorship uh, or under um, communism or Marxism. And so um, we just want to thank uh, those who have given their lives for us in the past and those who are serving today. A big shout out to you as well. Thank you for that. We're talking all in, and uh, if that isn't all in, I don't know what all in. You know, if, if, if somebody going off the war and, and giving of their lives for their country or for, uh, for what we believe as a nation, especially back in the day when God was a big part of, of who we were as a nation, not so much today, is it? But back in the day, God was the center of our country, which is why this country did as well as it did and flourished for so long. I'm afraid we're not in those days anymore, but we're talking about all in. So now all in means all in with Jesus, right? We're talking about taking that leap of faith off the cliff, letting go of everything and just going all in with God. And uh, Paul is, or not Paul, but John, first John, John is writing to the churches that are in Ephesus, these home churches scattered around Ephesus. 
They're battling lots of different teachings. Gnosticism is the, the big one. And John's reminding them that he walked with Jesus. He touched Jesus. He heard Jesus. He ate with Jesus. He went everywhere with Jesus. He, Jesus was very much the word of God, the incarnate Christ, God with us. He became a human being and walked on the earth with us. And John is making it very clear that that is truth. And so we're working through this letter. We're in chapter two. And our challenge today uh, which we started two weeks ago, but our challenge is, we, is that we live in a world of people who say one thing and do another, right? They say one thing, they do another, a bunch of, just a bunch of hypocrites is what we are. We are pros. We're really good at loopholes, aren't we? Like we, we're really good at finding the loopholes around the system. Like it's legal kind of, but you know, it benefits us. And so we find these loopholes for ourselves. We're good at that. We're really good at that as human beings. We find those. But there are no loopholes with God. It's not like you're going to go hold God against his word and you're going to find some, some back door into the kingdom of God. That is not going to happen. It may, you may get away with it here on earth. You know, we may get away with that here on earth in our little conniving uh, ways of life, our manipulations that we do. But we're not going to get away with that with God. Like you can think about ways that people manipulate the system, right? They get around the laws to their benefit, right? Sometimes they use the law against itself. Sometimes they just avoid certain things or put things in a certain name or whatever to get around the laws. That's not going to happen with the Lord. You're not going to find a loophole to get around what God has said in his word. And so it's a, we live in this like do as I say, not as I do world, right? That's what we live in. And John's challenge to us uh, is this. John's big challenge to, this, uh, to us is this. Does what you say, does what you say match what you do? Does the things you say and the things that you say you believe and the things that you, you claim, do you do those? Do, do those two things match up? Your words, your thoughts, your, your, what you say to people, and then what you actually do. Do those, things, do those things jive? Do they work together? You claim to know Jesus, then, then your life ought to reflect Jesus, right? If, you, if we claim that we know him, then it ought to reflect him. And it ought to reflect him like all the time, 100% of the time, not just when it's convenient for us, not, not just when it fits our little agenda or it works well with our, our situations. No, it's 100% in line with Jesus or we're out of whack. That's all there's to it. And so does what we say match what we do? First John chapter, chapter 2, verses 1 to 6. I want to read this, and then we're going to dig into just two verses uh, today and, um, and, and, and pray that God will, will just speak to our hearts in this, okay? My, my little children, I write these things to you. You're going to remember this because we read it two weeks ago. Uh, I write these things to you so that you may not sin. Okay, that's the goal, don't, that we don't sin. It's the bar. No sin. However, if anyone sins, we have a counselor with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the whole world. This is how we know that we know him. 
if we keep his commands. One who says, I know him and does, doesn't keep his commands is, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But God's love has most certainly been perfected in whoever keeps his word. This is how we know that we are in him. He who says he remains in him ought himself also to walk just like Jesus walked. Now that is a very, very powerful six verses. I mean, there's, there's a lot in there. and We kind of began to unfold some of that last time. But this is a high calling. This is like the bar is just gone to this level of excellence and purity and holiness and perfection. The word perfection is in this passage, perfection. To follow Jesus is not easy. If it were easy, everybody would do it, but it's not easy. Do not think that when you give your life to Christ, it's going to be easy. It's not. You are now entering the war zone. You are now alert to a battle. Your conscience has been like aroused and now you're going to see spiritual warfare. You're going to see the darkness clear. You're going to see the truth clear. And you're going to, you're going to begin to have to consciously fight to stay close to Jesus. You're going to have to fight, fight hard in your own heart, in your own mind, for your own decisions and your own habits and your own behaviors. You're going to have to fight to do things God's way and not the world's way just because other people are are cutting corners and finding loopholes. That is not how we live. Our lives are going to be pure from top to bottom, inside out. We're going to be 100% honest with God because we have come to understand that he can read us like a book. He knows us. We are flayed like a fish before him. He, he just, his, his word just penetrates and exposes us completely. So this is a high calling. Many who choose to start will not finish. Some will put their hand to the plow to say, I'm going to serve Jesus and work with Jesus. And they will let go of the plow and they will be sucked back into the world. They will, they will fall away. Many will fall away. And some will just choose to go back to the dark side, the life of pleasure, gratifying the flesh. They will just hang it up and go back. And John urges every Christian to be all in with Jesus. To be all in or you're not in at all. I mean, that's how severe John is kind of writing this letter. Look, you are either all in with Jesus or you are not in at all. That's it. It's either in or out. You're not part in, part out. You're not sometimes in, sometimes. You're like 99% in, 1% out. No. You are either 100% in with Jesus or you are not in at all. That's just the call. That's just the, 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 the truth of God's word. We're going to kind of see a little bit of that here as we go. Live what you say and live what you believe. Live it out. Don't just say it. Don't just believe it, but live it out. Anything less of this is not living in the light of Jesus, which is what John's talking about. He's the word of life. He is the light of of the world and when we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with him and the blood of Jesus covers all our sin right if we walk in the light completely in the light and that means no matter how much it's going to hurt us 
We are going to live according to the truth. We're going to live according to the ways of God. That's what we're just simply going to do. We're going to trust God completely, and we're going to take this leap off the cliff into his arms. We don't get to keep one foot here, or a hand here, or a finger here, or a toenail. We know nothing's here. We are leaping off into the arms of Jesus. So John's like, do you know Jesus? Do you really know Jesus? And how do you know that you know Jesus? And so we dug into verses 1 and 2, and now we're going to look at verses 3 and 4 and 5 and 6. So 3 and 4, here we go. This is how we know this is how we know that we know him. Oh, I love that, right? How do you know that you know? Oh, this is how we know that we, we know him. John's going to give us the answer right here. If we keep his commands, one who says, I know him and doesn't keep his commands is a liar and the truth is not in him. You know, John's really big in this letter about calling us liars. Like, he is not afraid to throw the liar word out there a lot. We've seen it a number of times already, and we see it again here. Like, we don't do that. We don't typically go around calling people a liar. We, we say fib or a little white lie, or we say, oh, oh, he just uh, exaggerating the truth. You know, we, 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 we smooth it over. We justify it. We do every, even in ourselves. Like, oh no, I, I didn't lie. I just, you know, twisted the truth. It's all lies, okay? We live this way. This is how we are. So John just calls it like it is. He's not going to pull punches. He's not going to like try to make you feel better. He's just going to say, look, you're, you're living a lie and you need to change. It's, it's like, face it. Like, here's the mirror. That's what's going on. Don't act like it's not. I love this about John. So we know that we know Jesus when two things are true, right? Two things go hand in hand in us. Now these two big truths go hand in hand in us. Complete faith and complete obedience. So those two things have got to be present for their, you know, those little hearts that people wear, you know, those little hearts. One person has one half, the other has the other, and you put them together and it makes one complete. Well, that, that's this. These two things go hand in hand, faith and obedience. They go hand in hand. And so as we go through this, put these two things to test in your life. Okay, you've got to ask yourself, forget other people, forget what other people are doing. You just, in your own life, just examine yourself and let's, let's come to grips with ourself. And, and be right with God. That's all that really matters in this moment, in this, this hour, that we're right with God. Faith, faith brings us in and faith guides our lives. That's what faith is. It's all over the place, from beginning to the middle to the end. Faith is everywhere. We don't come to faith or we don't come to grace. We don't come to grace by our works. We are not saved by our works. We're saved by the grace of God and him alone. He sent Jesus. There's the gift. And by faith and our response to God, we come into that grace. We don't come to grace by works, but we sure do give evidence of that grace in us by our works. These two things go hand in hand. If Jesus is in here, like really, if Jesus is really in here, then I am a different person because it is him 
in me at work. It's Jesus now working through me. It's not me anymore. It's him working through me and me just trying to stay out of the way. Like I, I, I got to do everything in my will and my, my, and my strength to just honor God, live according to his word, know his word, and then get out of the way. Let the Holy Spirit kind of lead my life the best I can. It's why we, we can't separate faith and obedience. You just can't. They're like Siamese twins. They are joined together. They are inseparable. And if you try to disconnect them, you destroy them both. You know, like the Trinity, you know, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, three separate parts, but all are one. Same thing with faith and obedience. Faith and works are inseparable. Where one goes, the other follows. They go together. It's that simple. In fact, James, if you read a little bit out of James chapter 2, you will see that. Let me just share with you a verse or two. In James chapter 2, verse 14, James says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Absolutely not. Verse 17, he says, In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. Faith by itself isn't enough. It isn't enough. It isn't enough. And so right here, we're, we're thinking, look, am I all in with Jesus? Like all in means I, I, I'm not going to in any way, in any way, I'm not going to go against what I know to be right and true. I'm not going to find a way around situations. I'm not going to, you know, maneuver my system to fit into God's system and think I'm okay. We don't, we don't get to do that. And we know when we're doing that. We know. It's, it's, we're, not, we're not dumb people. We know when we're trying to get around a truth by sliding in some other way. We, we just know we are. Faith and obedience have got to be working together. You don't get to say you have faith, but in your obedience, you're deceptive. We don't get to do that. That's not, that's not God's will or plan for our lives. See, a true disciple demonstrates both of these halves. And when both of these halves are demonstrated, what you have is perfect faith, just like Jesus. You have perfect faith, just like Jesus. Remember, Jesus said, I have come to do my Father's will. Father's will, all the faith is there in Jesus and what the plan is and God's truth. And Jesus says, I came not to just believe it, not to just speak of it, but to do it. And then Jesus says to you and me, if you love me, if you truly love me, Jesus says, you will obey. Not just you will believe. The demons believe. You will obey all that I have commanded you. And so Jesus calls us to follow him in his example of putting legs and hands and feet to our faith. It's not enough to just say it. We have got to live it. We've got to let the word of God become alive in us walking in the earth, like God just has his way in us. See, this goes beyond, far beyond what you say and what you believe. And if we don't obey and do what his word teaches, 
If we aren't doing it, we're just talking it, then we are nothing but a clanging gong. We are just making a lot of racket and we have no substance to our life. And people are gonna see right through this and Jesus already knows you're doing it. See, we see that in uh, the next two verses, verses five and verses six. Look what it says. But God's love has most certainly been there it is. perfected. God's love has certainly been perfected in whoever keeps his word. Oh, man, that's good. This is how we know that we are in him. He who says he remains in him ought himself also to walk just like Jesus walked. Just let that kind of sink in. Because John brings a lot of things together here in, in this thought. Walking in the light. Jesus is the word of life. Responding to the atoning sacrifice for our sins. We respond to God. And what Jesus has done for us to cover our sins and forgive us of our sins, our responsibility now to live as Jesus lived, our sin separated us from God, right? We were cut off. His grace makes it possible for us to come back. Our faith and our obedience is God's will for his children. See, this is a perfect combination and demonstration of a follower who is all in. Somebody who understands who you are, what God has done, how we come into this, and then how we must live out of appreciation and gratitude for what God has done for you and me. Love perfected in us is proven and tested by keeping God's word. Let me say that again. Love, this love perfected in us, is proven and tested by the keeping of God's word. That simple. Trust in God and obedience to God. He says, whoever keeps his word. Do you see that? Whoever keeps his word. Word John's referring to, because let's not get confused by that. Let's just uh, brush that off. His word is, what John's referring to is the doctrines and the teachings of Jesus. We're talking about scripture. We're talking about the Bible. We're talking about what the, the Bible teaches for us as people, every one of us as, as believers. First of all, as humanity, but now as those who have given their life to Christ. Like many are going to choose not to do Jesus's truth and live his doctrines. They're going to choose not to. But those of us who have chosen to now must do it, must live it. Like all of them. Not just the big ones, like murder and adultery and sexual immorality, not just the, you know, the ones that we know, oh man, he did that, he's going to hell. Not just the big ones. And not just the ones that fit our lifestyle, right? But, but, but all of them, like lying, and cheating, and hate, and jealousy, evil attitudes, all of them. Anything that is outside the holiness of God, like you think about the purity of God and the, the, how, how deep and how pure is God in every way and aspect and character. Anything outside of God's holiness is sin. 
It's rebellion. It's not keeping with his word or him in any way. Anything outside of it. It's all sin. And this is how we know we are in him. If you say that you are in him, then you will walk like Jesus walked. You will look a lot like Jesus in the way you live your life and, and your attitude and your character that, that permeates the world around you. And what does that look like? What does it look like uh, to, to walk like Jesus walked? What does that look like to you? What does that look like? What would that look like in a real world? What would that look like in your relationships with your friends? What would that look like in your family? What would that look like in your business dealings, your finances, your, your, your business work, or your, 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 your job, or whatever sports you're in, or wherever you can go to school in the classroom? What would that look like to walk like Jesus walked? Like to do everything that you do with the mindset of what would Jesus really do in my place in this situation? How would he handle my, my business, my life? How would he go about it? That's how I'm going to go about it. See, if you, you're going to say you're in Jesus, if you're going to say you're in Jesus, then we must walk like Jesus walked. Christ-likeness is both the journey on this planet and it is also the destination that we're all headed to. God's desire for you and me is that we be restored back into the image of Christ, the image of God in which we have fallen away from. God is trying to restore us back into that like pre-sin in the garden kind of mentality. We're not going to get all the way there on this earth, but one day we will be complete. He will finish the job in us in heaven. But for now, he's trying to restore us back into that image. And we have to work with God in that process in our own lives by giving over to him our will and being obedient to him in our lives and, and placing all of our faith and trust in him. And not just act more like Christ. We don't just act like Christ, although that should happen. But the action should come from something much deeper in our lives. The, the action of living like Christ comes only from Christ being formed in us. Like Jesus is on the inside forming us into back into his image from our heart to our mind to our soul and then to our actions and our behaviors. Christ formed in me. Christ formed in you. When he came in, he took over, right? He took over. But some people live as though they are still in charge. Like I've given my life to Christ, but I'm in charge of some things. And, and, and what I do is I consult Jesus and I consult his word about my decisions. But ultimately, I'm in charge and I just kind of refer to the Bible and to Jesus. Isn't that funny? I think that's kind of crazy. As if I can control anything. As if I can control anything at all. I can't. See, what we have to understand is this. You died to yourself. 
It is no longer I who lives, but Christ now lives in me. And this life that I now live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. It's no longer me living. It's Christ living in me. I've been buried with Jesus. I am dead to myself. That's the decision I made when I gave my life to Christ. I took up a cross and I'm following Jesus. A cross. I don't get to make any decisions. You know, this is going to sound really weird, but it's not a democracy in me. It's not a democracy like in me. Like there's me, right? My flesh and my free will that God has given me that's still intact. And I have some discipline over, uh, over these things and a little bit of control over my own behavior and my own free will. I have that little bit of control that God still gives to me. So there's me. And then there's the Spirit of God that I invited to come and live in me. I invited him in. And when I invited him in, he took over. He took over. Now Christ is in me, being formed in me and transforming me into his image to be more like him. But he is the king. He is the one who rules. He is the one who owns. There's no voting about things. There's no board of, of, of leaders in me making decisions about my life. The word of God has all the say. It's his way or I can hit the highway. That's all there is. So stop living as though you have the authority to change his will or his word to fit your lifestyle. Stop living that way. No matter how we justify our actions, we simply do not have the authority to do what we want. It's what God wants if I'm all in with him. See, so let me put it to you this way one more time. Am I all in? Am I all in? John is really pounding away on us. This is pretty heavy duty stuff. But am I all in? It does what I say, what I claim to believe doesn't match what I do. And how do you know that you know him? How do you know that you know Jesus? If you obey his word completely, completely. Yeah, that's high. That's, that's tough. That's a, that's a high bar. That's a tall marching order. And, and that's not an easy thing to do. But if you want to talk about it or if you want to talk about giving your life to Christ, what that might look like to be buried with Jesus in baptism, any of you guys, any of you, I, I would be more than glad to talk to you about that. We can call on the phone. You can text me. There's my number. Thanks, Mike, for the idea. But there's my number. Give me a call. Send me a text. Send me a text. That works best. Send me a text. I would love to text with you and talk to you about what that means to, to walk closer to the Lord. Thank you guys. Have a great day. Have a great week.